Hi, folks. Welcome back to my daily Tour de France recap podcast. Uh, I appreciate everyone watching and enjoying this with me. I'm having a good time so far. I'm following the comments. I'm paying attention to your, your feedbacks. I will no longer have spoilers in the thumbnails. Uh, well, I might 24 hours later. At that point, it's on you. But when it first comes out, uh, I'll, I'll, have, I'll keep the tease in there. But obviously, once you listen, there's going to be spoilers in the recap podcast, but not in the thumbnail. So noted on that. Um, also noted, I had, I had my Yates mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, imagine being their parents. We'll try and get that straight. At this point, it might be in my head, and I'll continue to screw it up. Uh, feel free to continue to be annoyed by me. And I'm sure that I'll make way more mistakes and continue to butcher uh, other names as we go. I'll do my best. Uh, so I mentioned that I've not watched a bicycle race in, in many, many years. Uh, and yesterday, I, I just happened to get a call from my good friend, Ben Foster, who you might recognize from, from my channel. Uh, but Ben we were just talking about the stage and I was making notes of like half the stuff you said to mention in the podcast. And then I was like, okay, then we're just going to have Ben join us tomorrow for commentary. Cause you watch all of the bike races too much. And I love bike racing. So, so I'm watching on NBC. You're watching on GCN. The reason I signed up for NBC is, uh, I, I wanted to watch Yellowstone. <laughs> so in the mornings I'll watch, you know, it's been on my list for a couple, everyone's like, Oh, you got to watch Yellowstone. So I haven't started it yet, but I was like, if I'm going to pay for something, it's going to be Yellowstone. What's the GCN feed like? Do you have ads? No ads. They do. They just cover almost every race in Europe. It seems like even a lot of the lower tier races. I think the announcers are amazing. Okay. NBC, I mentioned yesterday that there were a lot of ads for the feed, which was funny to me because I used to be in one. <laughs> but then today I was getting a lot of ads for an HIV medicine, which, oh. which I hope isn't like digitally targeted. And they know something that I don't know. Let's talk about yesterday's stage real quick, just to kind of set the table. So we're on stage three. Uh, stage two was kind of a lumpy finish. And at the very end, uh, the UAE ripped the last climb. And there was a moment when uh, it was Pogacar and Vingago, which is kind of like not even a hint that this is what the GC battle is going to be. It was last year, and this is what we assume we're looking at. Um, and and Vingago did not pull, uh, which was... Not at all shocking to me. What What did you think at that at that moment? I was a little surprised um, how hard Pogachar attacked on the, at least the beginning of the descent. He was kind of looking behind, and it's it, you know it's weird because he's so he wins all the time. He's obviously one of you know one of the best bike racers ever already, or something right. you know. But then he's still so young. Sometimes it just seems like he races like a junior. Like it just, I, I, maybe, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't, I want to talk shit, but it just is like, what are you doing? How many K, you know, it was like a yeah. flat 35 K to go. Like, what are you doing attacking this descent? That was, that was my thought. Exactly. So this, we can, we can call this, I had different segment ideas that I kind of wanted to creep out over the course of this podcast series. So we're going to call this uh, armchair director sportif. <laughs> um, so, so the armchair director sportif category, I, I would just continuously tell Pogacar to keep in his pants, uh, because what happened last year was he, he kept trying to win early sprints against, you know, Wout and Vanderpool. And then, uh, he, and then he paid for it. I, I think he was just, I, I would like him to race as if it was someone else's race to lose, which it is because Vinga goes the defending champion, put him on the back. Yeah, and his attack over the top was perfect. Like, he played that perfectly. He stayed in the wheel, timed his sprint, sure. got the bonus seconds. That was the goal. Yeah, and the group's there, and everyone's going to have teammates. and It's, gonna, it's obviously going to reshuffle anyway. Uh, and, and, and who's if, for them to work together, 
who are they putting time on in the pack that they're not going to put time on anyway later? That there's nothing in it for either of them really to be nose in the wind at that point. So Jonas knew that, and, and Pogacar uh, had to be explained to him via Jonas shaking his head. Uh, the other story yesterday was was Lefay uh, with with the finish upsetting all the sprinters, which is I, I always love it when it's like you know there's the early breakaway and their goal obviously is to win the stage. So there's there's you know there's two to 20 guys who are out in the wind for a hundred miles or whatever and get caught with five minutes to go. And then there's one guy who just has a breakaway for seven seconds and wins the thing, but it was a well-timed move. And I didn't really see any, has, there, there weren't a lot of sprinters left. So it wasn't like they were organized to, to shut it down. Um, what did you think of Wout's kind of uh, grumpiness at the end there? You know, anyone's frustrated when you have bad, and it was essentially bad luck. You know, he probably thought he could reel him in, that he'd die in the last 500 meters, whatever, whatever he thought. Right. He lost the stage, you know, and so you're bummed, you know, that's your whole yeah. thing. You're, he's there to win stages. Well, that was exactly my thought was, you know, you bang your handlebars in frustration. Like even, you know, you throw your bike, that's not super mature. You people don't want to see that, but it's also, I completely get being an athlete who's bummed they didn't win the stage in the heat of the moment. Uh, but there was some conversation afterwards that, Wout was complaining that Jonas didn't help Chase in the final in the final sprint. Uh, Kelderman <laughs> said the same. Yeah, so it's one of those like, okay, here's here's my my hot take prediction is that Wout switches teams next year. If you have a guy who's going to win the tour, they're forever going to care about winning the tour, and the the stage results are are just going to take second. So here's the thing: is like, who can pay Wout as much as he's going to have to go to an Ineos? I don't know what he's going to do. But if he wants to win stages, it's just not going to happen on a team that has Vingago on it. And I think all the team riders are going to have to take sides. So it looks like Kelderman is is on Wout's side. And, you know, so that means that Wout, whenever he goes to Ineos, is going to have to find a spot for Kelderman also. <laughs> on what planet would the yellow jersey favorite pull back a guy in the last 500 meters? Yeah, that's where it's just strange. There's no planet where the defending champion takes a pull for anyone other than himself on any stage, any day, you know, is this like the press, you know, just kind of trying to make something out of nothing or, you know, cause I didn't see what was actually said or whatever. Right. It seemed like yeah. it, one of those, like, it seemed like a little bit more than clickbait. Uh, that was, that was kind of my take. I, my, I initially, I rolled my eyes at the idea of it. And then I was like, Oh wait, Kelderman said what? And wow, it was, huh? And it's also, yeah, unless so he builds a team around himself, when, what team is he going to go to that doesn't have a GC ambition that he has to help with? He's so good. You know, if he goes that's, anywhere that's with a, yellow jersey dreams, they're going to be like, help us win. Yeah, I guess it, it sucks to be Wout. Well. Um, <laughs> uh, I mentioned yesterday that Wout uh, might be a favorite for the green jersey. I'd forgotten that he announced that his his wife is pregnant and she's going to have her baby during the tour. So he's planning to drop out by the end. So he will not be going for the green jersey. Uh, I'm going to say another hot take. Very disrespectful to the race to have sex with your wife uh, what, in October. Um, Bad planning. You should you should be celibate in October. Planning to leave the stage, the race midway through. I, I think it's very disrespectful and and poor planning on his part. What say you? I, it's, it does, and you know this is another good hot take. I think this was a plan all along. Uh, moving on, I noticed either Ineos has white uh, earpieces or Pidcock was listening to music on AirPods during the stage. But I like the idea that he was listening to Metallica while he hammers on the front. Especially on a stage like today. Who cares? It's separate. <laughs> Have you been following any of the France protests? I mean, not not closely. I've just seen that it sounds, you know, it sounds like mayhem. ton of people arrested. 
It seems like very a lot. Very similar There's, parallels. I, I wonder, like, it's going to hit the tour at some point. It's going to affect the tour. I don't know if it's going to. I don't think they're going to cancel it, but I, there's hard to think there's not a point where all the riders have to like put a foot down and wait for something to pass or, or a stage that's shortened or something like that. Yeah, I would honestly like to see some sort of you know peaceful protest. You know, unlike the stupid thumbtack thing. Is that a protest or just kids being obnoxious on TikTok or something? Are we going to see yeah. a TikTok of of fourteen <laughs> year old and they're going to get arrested? You got arrested for that. France doesn't mess around with the Tour de France. It's serious. Um, they repaved the roads for this shit. But, right. I mean, they were in Spain anyway, but it's just like, I would like true. to see something more organized, more kind of, more to make a statement and less like shitty disrupt, you know, just block the race, make right. everyone think for a couple minutes, make a statement, let everyone go. We've seen right. protests like that before. You know, if you've got to tell the world about something, do it in a way that's not going to hurt anyone. Yeah. And if it's in the middle of like tomorrow's, sprint stage you know when nothing is happening it doesn't affect the race um mm -hmm. but it gets you on tv it's like the breakaway of protests <laughs> perfect okay so now on to today's stage one of the one of the segments i have is is what are they not saying on television and i would say that they're not saying that today's today's stage was was very pointless and boring the the, the story if anything was going on it was palace uh sneaking away with pichon to get the kom points obviously they immediately had a deal that uh, Pichon would not be contesting for the points. So we have we had three, four hours of literally nothing's going on uh, and Palace. And they're not even, they don't even have, like, there's no pretending that they're going to take the stage, right? Because obviously Palace is just going to, he's not trying to hurt himself. So he's just clearly going to go back to the pack as soon as the last points are soaked up. They, they knew what they were doing. And there was a point when uh, LeSean, pretended to sprint for the KOM and Nielsen looked over the shoulder, just like, yo, what are you doing? And panicked for a second. They both laughed about it. That's what we're doing yeah. in the stage. Even the riders aren't taking this seriously. So we're supposed to watch this for five hours. Come on. And then, so Pichon gets, I guess the most aggressive Jersey, uh, which is something. Yeah. That would suck if he didn't, that's a long day. Otherwise, otherwise what's in it for him to be in that break and he's not allowed to get KOM points. And the thing too, is like the pack is keeping it controlled uh, a stage like that. They have, you know, the break gets two minutes. There was for sure a conversation on the radio, like you give them two minutes and you keep it at two minutes. So what would happen is if, if the breakaway slowed down, the pack would slow down intentionally. Uh, and if they sped up, they'd speed up. So there's, it's just such a boring foregone conclusion. Yeah. What, what is going to happen? You know, the, and I thought this is actually maybe combining segments, but I thought the mishap of the day was mm. piping Pichon's wife through to give him beautiful words of encouragement when he was dead man walking. I thought that was cruel. <laughs> it was beautiful, I mean, but it was right. cruel. That, that's, that's a good mishap. So mishap of the day. I thought the, uh, there was one uphill crash that was unclear. The, because the stage was so boring, uh, the, the commentators were just any, any flat tire, uh, anybody who unclipped, they had to make a big deal out of it and give 10 minutes on it. Uh, because there's nothing else to discuss, and mm -hmm. and one of them was a crash on the uphill. High speeds are are a potential crash situation, but low speeds are are low key also very dangerous. When you're crawling up a climb and you're trying to keep a break of two guys at two minutes, uh, the pack can get bunched up. If the road narrows, suddenly there's no room, and then somebody's elbowing, and then someone's put a foot down. And unclear if anyone even hit the deck, uh, but there was like a very low speed uphill crash, which is just kind of inevitable on a stage like today. I hit. A rider's saddle in front of me with my face once on a on an uphill crash. <laughs> yeah, I can see the it says Celitalia on your forehead. So I talked yesterday about 
Jumbo Visma doing too much work. I didn't see them much. I think it was mostly Alpecin and, and Jayco were on the front or what I saw. Ineos was in there a little bit. Um, no, I think UAE was just like, yeah, we're not, we're not going to mess around today. And this is a sprinter's day, which again, it's not really, you're not asking a whole lot to bring back two guys. One of whom is planning to quit with 30 K to go. Like how hard is anyone really riding today? In the end, um, you know, the word washing machine was used a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume which I did do my is... laundry during this stage. It's a good stage to do laundry ditches, dishes. Yeah. Uh, I fed the dog. Perfect background noise, but just so the Washington at the end when it was really, you know, there wasn't like a clean kind of lead in. It seemed like in the last twenty k, like everyone kind of started getting their nose in the wind. Yumbo was on the front a bunch. I wouldn't yeah. call it a super messy sprint, but it wasn't exactly tidy. I think as as we see, you know, who wins the field sprint stages um, at this point, it looks like Alpson will have to do more of that. What did you think of the of the Philipson Wout uh, situation in the last few hundred meters? This is another interesting difference between broadcasts. Um, my broadcast team over on GCN had no problem with it. It's one of those things, if it's a subtle move, they're not going to call it out or DQ you. It, it seemed like he was moving slow enough, and it seemed like Wout backed out. I felt see, that's funny. I felt the opposite. I thought when, when Wout made his move, Philipson was in the middle of the road, and Wout, like it was in the center, and Wout went to his right. Uh, and then Philipson, albeit gradually, did move to the right, so I guess if the road is going left and he's going straight, it was unclear if Wout was going to win. It's not like he was coming up on him. He was the same distance. He was kind of just on his hip and stayed on his hip. But it did, by the end, Wout had nowhere to go. And at the beginning, he did. So it seemed like Philipson, you know, you look over your shoulder, you know he's there and you kind of inch right. He didn't, at least he didn't like sweep him out. I guess gray area enough that you, it's got to take more than that to disqualify a guy. But I actually kind of thought that Wout, uh, Wout deserved it today. It also made me wonder, you know, between yesterday and then today, I'm like, is Wout just, you know, not in his top form, you know, because I think Wout in top form pulls back Victor Lefay every single time. And, uh, and covers four moves in the last K. Uh, unanswerable hypothetical question. This is another segment. Uh, what what happens if Wout has a team working for him solely and there's no, what if he has a, a full lead up team? He definitely wins a lot of sprints, but I don't know if he has that top speed to beat the pure sprinters. Today was just a, a pure bunch sprint, and he was second. I, I think he has, is as good of a sprint as everybody else, and he can also I, – I feel like if Wout has a team working for him, there's no version where he ever wins the GC because there's just going to be days where he loses minutes on the climbs. But he does win like 16 stages or something insane like that. If I was Wout's agent, I'd be shopping him. But that's, that's the unanswerable hypothetical. Uh, if you were anywhere watching on course today, where would you like to be? I – you know, I didn't see anywhere nearly as fun as that like a uh, part rooftop party that you that you spotted the other day. Yeah. I I thought the last KOM I'd be part of the polka dot party up there. Yeah, it seemed like it was near San Sebastian. The weather looked great. Yeah. They were all excited. Nielsen was doing little champion poses. You know, it was, he was waving <laughs> at them. I would say any cafe in in San Sebastian would be nice to watch it from, but I would watch it. There was a point when NBC was was trying to find something to talk about, so they had a guy ahead of the race just looking around, and he accosted a poor German surfing tourist. So this guy, like someone had clearly just stopped on the side of the road and given this guy like a polka dot hat and a shirt, and then he was interviewed, do you know what's going on today? Do you know what that shirt means? And the guy didn't really, but was cool about it. Um, so if I had to watch from the course, I would be surfing. Uh, not that I know how to surf. It just seems like better than than watching paint dry, uh, which was mostly what took place today.
Nielsen after today's stage, longest American in the polka dot jersey ever. Yeah, how which many? Is kind how many of days? Also shocking. What is that's only a few days. Day three. He's three days. Americans never had the polka dot for more than. What about Lance? Does that? I guess that doesn't count because it's been. For sure, Lance would have had it because he would have had all the jerseys at some point. I don't know if they, yeah, he's DQ'd and if so we did, don't count him. Yeah. Okay. All right. I stand um, by that. Yeah. I know Nate Brown had it for like a day or two in, That's right. back in 2017. The headline of today, and I thought the main headline of this entire Tour de France, to be honest, was going to be Cavendish breaking the record. Where was he in the sprint? What happened to Cav today? I think he got sixth or something. Do you think Cav... He has to win a stage, right? I really would like to see it. As much as I, over the years, have not been a big Cav fan, I'm, I want to see him break this record. I think, you know, it seems like he really needs the right conditions. He, he needs a good lead out. He's not yeah. going to fight his way up from 10th. Um, and so if he doesn't get those, he needs to get those right conditions. And I think it'll happen. He's, hopefully he's going to have enough chances. I'd like to see him yeah. win on the last day. I know you were saying you didn't think he's going to make it to the end. I think he makes it to the end and wins the last day. <laughs> That's your prediction. I think, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he can't make it to the end, but I just feel like his chances as, as a guy who's like not in the crazy grand tour shape he was 10 years ago, I think his chances are better early on. I would have thought like a day like today, he targets and, and gets the monkey off his back. And then after that, it's all gravy. The amount of effort that he's put into this record Given you know he was he was snubbed from the tour last year, he added another year essentially to his career. I, I feel like he would have retired last year if not for this. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot's going into this very moment, and I don't think Astana really has any ambitions uh, other than him here. It doesn't seem like it, and I just hear you know people talk like how much he loves the tour. It's just like why, like right. you said, he extended his career an extra year to do the tour. I think he makes it to the end. I don't know if he's actually going to win or not, you know. But um, you know, without Magic Marco. It's a harder world out there for him. You know, he had the the perfect lead out man. They seem like such a duo. Yep. And he's obviously not as successful without Murkow. And I was actually surprised to see Jakobsen. I don't know what happened to him in the final either today, really, but he wasn't mm -hmm. in the he wasn't in the top five. It's the old the old washing machine. Um, all right. So today's stage on a scale of a scale of zero to to force our wives to watch it, uh, where are we at? I want to preface this by saying my wife will only watch a tour if a cat gets in the road and stops the race. Has that ever happened? No, not yet. Hope Springs Eternal. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. But that's she's off the chart. I would rate it a two. Watch the last five k. Two. Yeah, I, I think I think five k is about right. Uh, just given that even the, the the part that I liked the most was Nelson collecting KOM points, but there was literally nothing to watch in that because it was given to him each time. Yeah, I think I think you can get away with the last five k or even the last one k to be honest. One other person that we haven't seen yet. Uh, where's Ala Philippe? Wondering the same thing. I think he's going to pounce in the Pyrenees. You know, he's just biding his time. He needs those short, sharp climbs. He's, you know, he's probably riding into some form. I hope you're right. We'll Yesterday's stage would have been good for him. But the, the super climby boys broke it. Like they took to the front. You know, he can't hang with those guys. Okay. My uh, only other note, poor Ben O'Connor. I've been calling him bad luck Benny in my head. What happened to Ben O'Connor? He just had a mechanical, but it's just like, it just seems like he just has bad luck in the tour, you know? Yeah. He was flying in the Dauphiné. He lost time on the first stage, I think, already. I, I want to see him do well. I'd like to see him podium. He's got time. He's got time. So once in a while, they're pulling out the, the race radios into the audio for the TV feed 
Uh, anything interesting there from your perspective? I like the idea, uh, but I haven't really heard anything compelling. Today's stage, I didn't see them do it once. They went on Israel radio once, and I was hoping it'd be in Yiddish, but it wasn't. And then it was something about water bottles. Yeah, they really didn't have much today. It seemed like they had more yesterday, um, which I think you touched on. Oh, I mean, well, I suppose the wife call. You know, that was that oh, okay. was race radio. So that was actually yep. a really beautiful moment, although I think it was uh, cruel torture. Uh, another segment we have that I don't really know what this is yet. Uh, bike racing math. I didn't actually do any math on like the KOM points. I don't think you did either. So our math for today is just going to be two guys, two minutes. Just That just means uh, a nap for me. Two guys plus two minutes equals... No chance. All right. So watch the stage today if you have you know chores to do, laundry. Uh, but appreciate Ben for joining us today. And we'll see you folks tomorrow. Thanks for having me. All right. Later, buddy. All right. Later.